Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, everybody. Welcome back inside the Mid-American Bandwagon. Episode 83 coming to you live this week. We're about halfway through February, folks. Spring is right around the corner. A lot to get to here tonight. Uh, Things are heating up on the basketball court. Been an interesting week in Mac basketball. Some interesting results on both sides of the fence, and uh, we'll get to it here in a second. Vansy, how you doing, man? How are things up in Michigan? Oh, pretty good. You know, you talk about things on a hardwood heating up, and uh, the weather's heating up. I think we're up to like 30 degrees today, you know. So the last time we did this, we're snowed in and frozen and starting to heat up a little bit. And, uh, you know, making me think the weather might just be okay to to make a drive to Cleveland here in like a a month, month and a half. There you go. I love I love where your head's at. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, it it got up to like 50 degrees here in Pittsburgh. I I was at, you know, I work from home. I, I walked outside at one point to bring the garbage out. And I was like, man, I could put on shorts right now. Like this is, this, I could get used to this. I hope it sticks around, but I don't know. We'll see. I agree with you though. It, it seems like the weather's starting to heat up just in time for that conference tournament there. Uh, we're just about a month away. Literally, actually, I think exactly about a month away from, uh, from the conference tournament in, uh, in Cleveland, uh, where uh, the men's and women are going to be converging there in Northwest Ohio to see who gets the automatic bids for the Mac. But before we get there, Vansy, we got about three weeks of uh, regular season basketball left. Uh, we had some interesting results on both sides uh, of the fence of, of the conference this week, men's and women's. Uh, some 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 surprising results, some upsets. Uh, any, any of those games, uh, let's start there. Any results this week? Uh, we'll start with men's. Anything that stood out to you? Anything that surprised you or that you didn't see coming? Well, I think, I mean, you know, the obvious one, it's almost like the low-hanging fruit of the bunch, but ball stayed over Toledo. You know, I yeah. don't think a lot of people saw that coming, um, you know, and, and the way it happened. Uh, you know, Ball State just came out and I mean, you know, a 10 point win, but it was closer than that at some points, you know, late in the game. Um, but Ball State came out shooting an on, you know, ungodly uh, percentage from three and then Toledo kind of just found its way back into the game. So I, I thought that was an interesting result. And I, I mean, I don't want to take everything away, you know, from the rest of the conversation, but I thought Central Michigan, I mean, they keep playing great basketball, you know, beating Ball State, who had just beat Toledo, you know, I mean, they're they're doing great things up there. And for me, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Eastern Michigan, man, 100, to, you know, losing to Buffalo 102 to 64, you know, and just kind of going in that wrong direction. Um, really continuing to look like that season there in Ypsilanti peaked on George Gervin Day. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, you, you mentioned Buffalo, and, and that's a team that that surprised me a little bit this week. You know, we, we've been talking about the Bulls where it just seems like things aren't clicking like we thought, what like we think they should based on the talent on that roster. But you look at what they did this week. You mentioned that game Tuesday night, 102 to 64 over Eastern Michigan. Buffalo, one of the better offensive performances I can remember seeing from them in a long time, even going all the way back to, you know, 2018, 2019, when they were having, when they had those, you know, back-to-back, uh, 
back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances. I mean, 57% from the field, 45% from three-point land. They win the rebounding battle in that game, Vansy, 50-28. to 50-28, to 28, they out-rebounded Eastern Michigan. But the thing is, the other thing about that is, Vansy, is prior to that, on Saturday, they went up to Mount Pleasant. You mentioned Central Michigan, and we'll talk about them a little bit more here in a couple minutes. Central Michigan playing really good basketball right now. They've won four of their last five. Their only loss in that stretch was to Buffalo at home in Mount Pleasant on Saturday. Buffalo went up there, and you know uh, Central Michigan hung around with them for a while. It was a seven-point game at halftime, but Buffalo just really took over the second half of that game. Jonathan Williams was fantastic. He finished with 19 points. He uh, led all scorers. And I just, I think, again, I I mean, Eastern Michigan and Central Michigan, these are two teams in the bottom half of the standings, even though Central Michigan, you know, they've been playing better. So I'm not, I'm not ready to say that the Bulls have completely turned things around yet, but, but Vansy, I mean, we, we've talked about it. I mean, with, with all the talent, with all the size they have on this roster, you know, they're one of these teams where it's like, if they can put it together, you know, if they, if they, if they stay, keep in the top eight, which I think it's very likely, I don't think they're going to fall out of the top eight. But, you know, they get to Cleveland, even if they're, you know, fifth seed, sixth seed, if they're clicking on all cylinders, this is not a team I'd want to play. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of go a little bit further than that. If, you know, you sports betting, all that. But if you're telling me right now here today, you can either have Toledo, who looks like the best team by far in the Mac. You know, you can either have Toledo or the field, knowing the history of the Mac and looking at a team like a Buffalo you know, I, I think I'm taking the field, you know, I think Buffalo when they're right and they're on a good day, they, they're probably the second best team in the Mac. You know, they got the temple, they got the scoring, they got the pacing, they got multiple guys. They got the depth, you know, Toledo just, you know, Toledo's the best team, but I, I can, you know, I've been on Buffalo all year long and I'm still on them. I think they're still kind of a team that if it all comes together and they play their best basketball once they get to Cleveland, when you put 104 points up, you know, on, on EMU, EMU's had some low-scoring games. They're a yeah. pretty decent defensive bunch. I mean, I think Buffalo could be looking at, you know, challenging for that MAC tournament once they get to that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to rule them out. You can't rule them out. Like you said, you know, the, the way that they are, they have their roster constructed, all the talent they have on that team. You can't rule out the Bulls. If you do, you're, you're, you're foolish. Speaking of teams that it's coming together for, though, Vanzi, you know, we talked last week about, uh, you know, this being an important stretch here for Kent State. You know, they, they, they won that, you know, they had those two games against Bowling Green there in about 10 days. Last week, we talked about how they won the first of two, those two games, and they turned around this week. And they took care of business. They come back with a 90 to 71 win on Saturday against Eastern Michigan. They follow that up with a 76 68 win over Bowling Green on Tuesday. And Vanzi, we've talked about it a few times where, you know, Kent State's another one of those teams in that same uh, basket as Buffalo, where it's like we're waiting for them to put it together. It seemed like, I don't know, there was a while there where they just couldn't get out of their own way. Now, all of a sudden, if we're talking about the hottest teams in the conference, Kent State's won five in a row. They're nine and four in the MAC, fourteen and nine overall. They're sitting in fourth all of a sudden, and it seems as if Kent State is starting to find their footing. Yeah, I think when you look at Kent State, I mean, this has kind of been their mo during the the sender off era. Is you know they get hot at the right time, and you know they maybe still a bit or still a win in Cleveland, and, and they're always pretty dangerous. Um, I think when you look at it though, 
a while back, I looked at the schedule for Bowling Green and Kent State. I thought Bowling Green would be the team that made that push. Well, now here we are, and it's Kent State who's kind of taken that schedule and played it to their advantage and is making that push. So I, I think that does have a part of it. We'll see how that goes moving forward. Sincere Carey is probably the, you know, may, might be the second best player in the MAC other than Ryan Rollins. Um, although JT Shoemate up there in Toledo is making yeah. a case to have his name mentioned. Um, in that same breath, but uh, you know, when you have a, have a dynamic player, like a sincere carry a long tendered coach who has a system like sender off, you know, you can get hot and then you can get some wins. I still think a lot of that is schedule aided um, for Kent state. And, and I'm not buying the hype uh, just yet on them. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and I'm, I'm still withholding some judgment. I think, you know, obviously, you know, at the end of the segment here, we'll talk about, you know, games we're looking forward to on the week ahead. But if we're talking about a team that have an important stretch here, look no further than Kent State. I mean, they, like I said, they've won five in a row against teams mostly, I mean, not mostly, all in the bottom half of the conference. And now this next week and a half, you go to Akron, you go to Toledo, then you got Ohio coming in to Kent. Those are three big games right there for the Golden Flashes. If you want to be taken seriously as a contender in the conference, you got to win at least one or two of those, I'd think. I mean, Akron and Toledo both on the road. I mean, it's a tall task. It is. But, you know, I look at the I look at the flashes and Sincere Carey is so good. I just, I just, I don't know about you, Vanzi, but I just need a little bit more. If I'm the Golden Flashes, I need a little bit more from some of these secondary complementary pieces that they have. Malik Jacobs has been good. He's their only uh, scorer that is in, uh, averaging double figures other than Sincere Carey. Sincere Carey leads the team a little over 17 and a half a game. Malik Jacobs giving you uh, 11 and a half. Giovanni Santiago, he had a really nice night the other night against Bowling Green. He had a season high 18 points, but guys like him, Justin Hamilton, Andrew Garcia, Tervel Beck, these are guys that are, you know, they're prominent rotation players from the flashes and, and they just tend to disappear sometimes. And so I think if I'm Rob Senderoff, that's that's what I'm focused on. Like, I know what I'm getting from Sincere Carey. I need more from guys, you know, two through seven, two through eight. And I think if the Flashes can get that, they have a shot here. I mean, like I said, their, their next two games, they play Akron and Toledo, two teams ahead of them in the standings and two teams that they've already beaten it's going to be an interesting week for me. I think for me, Vanzi, just to uh, not to get ahead of myself here, but like this is the team I'm watching here uh, over the next week or so. Uh, I'm interested interested to see what the what the, the what the flashes are able to do here over the next week. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I I I, I hear what you're saying. I I. I'm going to withhold judgment on Kent State, and I'm not going to say that they've really arrived until, if unless they can show me something here this week. What do you think? I mean, do any of these matchups play out in their favor? Do you feel? No, I I don't. I think you know they're just still a little one dimensional. Uh, the, the one thing I do want to touch on, sincere carry. There was a great graphic on one of the CBS Sports games. I think it was a couple weeks back. Um, the other team's star player when going against Sincere Carey has just been neutralized. I and I wish I, yeah. I, I wish I had taken a photo or wrote it down because it was an incredible stat. Um, but not only is he probably one of the top two or three best players in the conference, he might be the best defender. And, yeah. and I think that's a, a pretty special amount. But I, I just I don't see them against, you know, some of the big dogs in, in the conference, you know, like a Toledo. Um, like in Ohio, you know, I feel like we're down on Ohio because they lost to Toledo, but a lot of teams are doing that this year. I'm, I'm picking Buffalo over Kent State. 
Kent State against Akron, that's where it could get interesting. I've been higher on Akron than a lot of people because of John Gross. I think he's a strong coach. Um, I, I could see Kent State coming out of that one, you know, with a victory. And I believe, let me check the notes here. I believe that that is, yeah, ESPN2 game. Yeah. So that'll be you know, um, a, a rivalry game, national TV, um, some good exposure. That is probably the high end, I would say. And I've been wrong many times before, but I'd say that's probably the high end for a Kent State victory um, unless everything goes right. Yeah. You talk about two teams that are playing right now. Van, well, right now, Vanzi, uh, Kent State and Akron both come into this game tomorrow night or, or tonight. If you're listening on Friday, when this gets released, both teams have won seven of their last eight uh, for Kent State. Uh, you know, or I should say for Akron, excuse me, uh, they, uh, you know, they have a- revenge on their mind. They went up to Kent uh, last last month and uh, the flashes beat them 67 55. So we'll see what uh, that that certainly will be. Uh, what a great game for, for ESPN two to select to put on a national, you know, for a national audience. Uh, on Friday night, Kent State and Akron, great rivalry game. Two teams playing really well right now. Uh, but you, you know, uh, Vanzi, you, you touched on Ohio there briefly, and that's a perfect segue because uh, that you know, again, gate one of the games of the week here. It's hard not to to have it circled on your calendar when the top two teams in the in the uh, conference get together. But the return trip for Ohio going up to Toledo a couple weeks back, the Rockets went down to Athens and knocked off the Bobcats, and once again, uh, offensively, Vanzi. Rockets just had too much uh, for the Bobcats. And I also think I was really impressed in this game, Vanzi, with, with Toledo's defense. You know, uh, they win this one 77 to 62. Ohio, not a, not a shabby offensive team in their own right, but the, the, the Rockets hold them to 33% from the field. Uh, they, they win the rebounding battle 47 to 26. I mean, just completely dominated the glass. Ryan Rollins in this game, 16 rebounds, 15 points, 16 rebounds, eight assists. It seems like every time we talk about him, he almost has a triple double and Vanzi, you know, it's, it's funny because I completely agree with you that, you know, based on Toledo's track record under Todd Kowalczyk, going into Cleveland, you know, despite, you know, being the favorite or be one of the top two seeds, they just, they, they always seem to find a way to lose those games in Cleveland. With that said though, Vanzi, they have put together some very, very convincing performances here over the last month, that ball state game, notwithstanding. But I mean, you watch some of that, that game on Friday night. I mean, the Rockets look great. Yeah, they're so deep. I mean, you know, and it feels like everyone on that squad is playing other than that Ball State game. And Ball State, I mean, anytime you go to the state of Indiana for a basketball game, that could be a sneaky one um, as it is. But I just feel like everyone on that Toledo team is playing their best basketball right now. They all have a role. They all accept it. And and they're playing very well. I mean, I, you know, I was kind of thinking all max selections and I would probably put, you know, Rollins and and JT Shoemate on, on that list for the first team, the way they're playing. And we talked early on in the season, they needed that second score. Now they have that second score. They got guys who are willing to do the dirty work. The, the, you know, RJ Dennis is the, the, um, the Raheem Mosses of the world, you know, who can get physical and play a little bit different game. And when I look at Ryan Rollins, I mean, we're seeing something pretty special here, I think, because I think we could see back-to-back years where MAC players drafted. You look at Jason Preston. Well, when I look at the impact that Jason Preston had and the impact that Ryan Rollins has, I, to me, 
Ryan Rollins is an NCAA tournament win away from being Jason Preston. You know, yeah. Jason Preston had all that helium. I think if Ryan Rollins gets to March Madness, I think you'll start seeing more people talk about him. He's having a pretty phenomenal season for Todd Kowalczyk and company. And also, I got to give Toledo a shout out. The Rockets, tremendous fan support. I yes. mean, they are coming. They're coming out the Savage Arena. The Blue Crew. You know, I don't know if you've seen them, but man, these are some guys. I, I you know, if, if you have a daughter or you know, anyone to dating age, you would not want to introduce them to the blue crew. They look like a motley crew. <laughs> they wear masks, they wear blue jumpsuits, face paint, all the whole nine yards. But, uh, you know, they also clean up the arena at the end of the game. So shout out to them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, watching that game against Ohio the other night, that was one thing that really stood out to me, man, that arena inside or the, the atmosphere inside Savage Arena, I should say, really, really seemed fantastic. And, and, you know, Vanzi, with Ryan Rollins, I, I, as much as I, I mean, I don't want us this to sound like hyperbolic or anything, but like when you're talking about him in the NBA draft, I don't think that's a a far stretch of the imagination. Like I, I would like to, I'd be interested to look at the, this historical data and see when was the last time, or if there has ever been a time that a player from the Mac was drafted as a as, you know, coming after their sophomore year because that's what Ryan Rollins is right now. He is a true sophomore, but I mean, you look at his numbers and his splits. I mean, nineteen point eight points per game, six point two rebounds, three point seven assists, shooting forty eight percent from the field, thirty four percent from three point land, eighty two percent from the line, six four one eighty. He's got those long, rangy arms. He's lanky. He can defend. He can rebound. He can do it all. And when you think when you think about the NBA right now, the way things are going with um, you know, kind of, if you want to call it quote unquote, positionless basketball and guys that can play different positions, you know, with him being a little bit of a bigger guard, I could absolutely see him sliding in to a, you know, a rotation uh, for an NBA team. I agree with you. I think for him to get that kind of boost though, it's going to take the the Rockets getting to the NCAA tournament and, and perhaps win in a game. So we'll see what they're able to do uh, come tournament time in, uh, you know, coming up here in a couple of weeks as, uh, as things get closer to uh, the conference tournament, but the Rockets right now still in first place, 11 and two in the conference. They got uh, some uh, game against Kent state coming up a game against uh, Buffalo here in a couple of weeks as well. So there's certainly, certainly some, some games, uh, you know, some p- potential stumbling blocks for them, I should say, uh, as, as we, uh, you know, continue to, to progress towards the conference tournament. Vanzi, another, uh, you know, another team we talked about briefly earlier, but, uh, you know, a, a weird week for Ball State. You mentioned them, you know, they, they beat Toledo on Friday. They turn around. You think, okay, maybe James Whitford's team's starting to turn the corner here a little bit. That game on Friday against uh, against Toledo, I mean, Luke Bumbleo looked great. As you mentioned, they came out on fire, 51 points in the first half, 93 points uh, overall in that game. Uh, it, but then, you know, they turn around on Tuesday night. And they, they lose that overtime game to Central Michigan. They allowed the Central Michigan to score 89 in that game, 89-85, your final. And defensively for me, Vanzi, as you know, I mean, even on Friday against Toledo, they didn't play well. They gave up 83 points in that one. But then you look at, you know, Central Michigan in this game, 46% from the field, 45% from the three-point line. Ball State sent them to the line 27 times. They, you know, they they won the rebounding battle, but that wasn't enough for them. I mean, ball uh 
Central Michigan, excuse me, really a fantastic, fantastic offensive performance in this game. Cameron Healy, 27 points, 7 for 12 from the three-point line. And uh, Vanzi, these two, these are two teams right here. I don't know what to make of Ball State, but but Central Michigan, they're 5-4 and four all of a sudden in the MAC, and they're, they're trending towards a, a conference tournament bit all of a sudden. If you would have told me that a month ago, I would have said you were crazy. Well, yeah, and real quick on Ball State, um, you know, I was just kind of going over the numbers, and man, their record just feels right to me. Yeah. Eleven and twelve, you know, okay, that you know, yeah, that's about what I would expect. Six and six in a max, so you know, five hundred. I mean, you know, you got half the time they're good, half the time they're average or, or poor, and you know, so that that just in it, other than the Toledo game it's hard to find a game where they upset somebody for ball state. You know, it's just, they just kind of beat who they're supposed to and lose to who they're, who they're supposed to lose to. So kind of an interesting team. They're very true to what, you know, the eye test shows on ball state, but yeah, central Michigan, we talked earlier on in a year and I really thought that Eastern Michigan was going to round into form and get better and be kind of sneaky. And now I look at central Michigan and central Michigan is who I thought Eastern Michigan was going to be that kind of team. And it's incredible. Tony Barbie. I mean, you know, I no disrespect to Todd Kowalczyk. Well, maybe a little bit, but you know, Tony Barbie, I, you got to kind of consider him for Mac coach of the year. I mean, you know, this turnaround um, up there, Mount Pleasant has been very impressive, uh, you're, you know, I mean, and you, it, again, it just kind of speaks to that COVID pause, you know, what that can do. And they had that COVID pause early on in the season, a lot of new pieces who hadn't played together. Now they're coming off of that COVID pause. They're getting normal practice time. They're getting normal games. It seems like, you know, Hey, Jermaine Jackson, he's processed himself out of the situation, you know, and, and now they're better when you would have thought that he was their best player. So sometimes you got to wonder what goes on behind, behind, behind the scenes. And I wonder if that had something to do with it, but yeah, central Michigan, you know, a, a tremendous turnaround season right now. Um, you know, they got a chance to potentially win the Michigan Mac. They got some games coming up here and, and then, uh, you know, a, a chance to make it to Cleveland, um, which we would have thought was improbable. Yeah, absolutely improbable. I I never would have I never would have guessed it. And I think you know the thing to me I think that you're starting to see and where Central Michigan has a benefit over some other MAC teams here is that Central Michigan is a very very veteran laden team. I mean, you think about Jermaine Jackson steps away from the team. What was that about a month ago now? And you look at the guys that have stepped up since then. Cameron Healy, senior. Harrison Henderson, senior. Oscar Lopez, the junior. Ralph Bassain senior. The only guy who's an exception to that is Kevin Miller, but he, Kevin Miller, even he, he's looking like he could be one, maybe not the freshman of the year, but one of the best freshmen, but one of the best newcomers in the Mac this year, 11.4 points per game, 4.3 assists per game. He leads the, the Chippewas in assists per game. But I think again, I think that veteran presence that the Chippewas have, guys that have been there before, Cameron Healy, Harrison Henderson, uh, Ralph Besaint, I think these are guys that you're starting to see this team come into their own a little bit. And and that veteran leadership really does mean something. And, you know, I think we focus so much in college basketball now in in this era of, you know, one and done or, you know, the 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 you know the fabulous freshmen or whatever you want to call them. We kind of tend to overlook those teams that have that veteran presence, that steadying hand, those guys that have been there before. And I think that's what you're starting to see from Central Michigan. And speaking of Central Michigan, you know, we're recording here on Thursday night. They're taking on Ohio right now up in uh, up in Mount Pleasant. And the Chippewas, 
Uh, going into halftime here, we got about nine seconds left in the first half. Chippewas currently up 29 to 28 on the Bobcats. Now that would be an, a heck of a win for for the Chippewas if they can pull this off. Uh, currently, though, you know if they've won four of five, sitting at five and four in the conference. All of a sudden, they've worked their way up to sixth in the conference after uh, you know a really really poor start to the season. You mentioned the COVID pause, all the other stuff they've had to deal with. A really really nice story up there in uh, in Mount Pleasant uh, the last couple weeks for the Chippewas. Let's, uh, Vansy, before we turn over to the women's side of things, let's take a look at the week ahead here. We've already touched on a couple games here briefly. Talk about Kent State and Akron, national television, 7 o'clock on ESPN2 Friday night. Uh, any other games this weekend? Any other intriguing matchups that you're looking at? Yeah, I'm, I, you know, other than Kent State, Akron, I'd go Kent Toledo. Um, yeah. You know, Toledo looks, looks great, but Kent's been hot. Um, and then, you know, I think when you look at Central Michigan, you know, they got, you know, Central's got uh, Western coming up and then they got EMU, um, you know, so those are two winnable games, a chance to make a mark into Michigan Mac. And I feel like those two games are very important for Central Michigan to get to Cleveland because their next two are Toledo and Ohio, you know, so yeah. uh, that that's going to be, you know, important um, there other than the, the result that's going on tonight. And then you have uh, Miami, you know, so that, again, you start turning it back around to winnable games, but uh, pivotal next two games um, starting tomorrow for Central Michigan. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Big week for the Chippewas if they want to, you know, as you mentioned, you know, make that push towards Cleveland. The other team, you know, a, a team I'm really keeping an eye on this week. I Well, two teams I'm already keeping an eye on. I've already kind of hinted at it. First one is Kent State. I really want to see if they can continue uh, their good run of recent form. We talked about the Akron game already. You mentioned the Toledo game. That's another national television appearance for the Golden Flashes. That game tips off 6 o'clock on Tuesday at Toledo. That one's on uh, CBS Sports Network. But the other team I'm really keeping an eye on this week, I want to see what Buffalo does. I want to see what Buffalo does. They, they looked like they started to click last week albeit against you know some some lesser competition they have a couple of other really winnable games this week three winnable games this week for the bulls with uh you know they got ball state coming uh to ub arena on saturday then the bulls they go on the road they take on bowling green on tuesday then on thursday uh they they remain on the road they go up to ypsilanti to take on eastern michigan so buffalo as a team you know if if they want to get uh back into the thick of things here work them way back up into that top three conversation three very winnable games for the bulls this week why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples because this isn't just any vacation this is all the vacations Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Let's move over to the the, the women's side of things here, Vanzi. Uh, similar to the men, some interesting results this week. Some teams that really kind of took a step forward. Couple teams that seem to take a little bit of a step back. We got Ohio dealing with another COVID pause, unfortunately for them. But uh, let, let's start with a team that's really on an upward trend here, Vanzi. And we, we talked about them briefly last week, but they've continued to do it. Ball State, all of a sudden, they have now won five in a row. And the Cardinals come out of nowhere somewhat. To, they're now seven and four in the conference. They're third overall, you know, the third in the standings right now. And, uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago, they were sitting back at, you know, ninth place. And I think a big part of that big is, has been the emergence of uh, freshman guard Ali Becky, who was the Mac. Uh, player of the week on the women's side of uh, uh, things this week, 21 points per game over the last week, 53% shooting from the field and eight assists per game uh, in wins over Ohio and Bowling Green. And Vanzi, you know, this, this ball state team, like I said, I think I'm not going to say we written them, had written them off, but I don't think we were looking at them as a serious contender, but you look at what they've done here over the last couple of weeks. They got wins over Buffalo and Ohio, both on the road. They follow that up with a really nice win over Bowling Green uh, the other night, 91 points for them in that game. I like what I'm seeing from the Cardinals right now, Vanzi. They're not a team I'd want to play if I was uh, in, in the Mac right now. Yeah. And one of the things I thought was interesting is my goodness. I mean, every week it seems like there's a different woman's player week, you know, kind of cool to see. They keep, you know, kind of moving on through and having, you know, different winners. Nice to see there. Yeah. Um, Ball State, yeah. Five in a row, but I was kind of looking at it and you look at the standings and it's very interesting because you have five wins in a row for Ball State, five wins in a row for Buffalo, four for Toledo and Kent State. And then other than that, the top six are all on some type of win streak the bottom six are on some type of losing streak, you know, potentially even just one game. Mm. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, but ball state getting hot at the right time. Uh, you know, I think when you look at it, you're having players who are stepping up, you know, you have a freshman who's probably never played this much basketball in her life, getting hot at the right time of the season and getting stronger as the season goes. I think that's, that's a pretty impressive feat there uh, for ball state. Yeah, no doubt. And and even even prior to this win streak, I mean, you look at their their the game before that last game they lost. I mean, a three point loss at home to Toledo, who as you know, we've talked about them a ton. Twelve and one in the conference now, eighteen and four overall. Trisha Culp's team just continues to roll along. But my my point being that that you know that's not a bad loss for the Cardinals the last time out that they didn't win a game. So Ball State, you know, a couple uh, interesting games coming up. They got a Kent State, Buffalo, Toledo, Western Michigan. Their next four. Um, so that that's you know an interesting stretch here for the Cardinals. We'll see if they're able to keep up this run of recent good form. Vanzi, a, a team kind of trending in the opposite direction here, and a team we talked about last week that has continued to impress us throughout the season. Well, Western Michigan has kind of little bit hit a little bit of a, of a tough patch here. I mean, they entered this week; they were six and three last week. At this time, they were sitting at third place in the conference. They have now dropped all the way back to seventh. Three straight losses this week, including. Uh, I mean, there, there's no way to sugarcoat it, including a, a really bad loss at home to Miami, who's currently sitting uh, 10th in the conference at three and nine. Red Hawks came into Kalamazoo and uh, knocked off Western Michigan 80 to 67. 
Western Michigan follows that up with a loss at Buffalo, and then I guess let me let me say first, not not gonna you know hold hold them uh, you know not gonna begrudge them a loss at Buffalo. That's a tough place to go play, especially when Diasha Fair is playing playing at the level she's been playing at. But then you follow that up with a, a home game against Akron, who Akron, another team right there in that same you know same group there. They, those two teams were sitting third and fourth going into that game. Akron comes into Kalamazoo and uh, for the third straight night. Western Michigan just didn't have it. Akron walks out with an 86 to 70 victory. And uh, Vansy, like I was saying last week, you know, we talked about Western Michigan and us kind of continuing to be impressed with them. They continue to hang around. It seems like they're kind of on shaky footing right now. They need to kind of regain their composure. It looks like. Yeah. And you know, all season long, I felt like we had to kind of be talked into Western Michigan, you know, and it kind of took the full season uh, up until this point to believe. And I think last episode was kind of the first or second one where we we're like, Hey, keep an eye on them. So I feel a little let down. I feel, you know, like they, they pulled the wool over my eyes a little bit. Um, you know, they're still having a good season, but you go from sitting pretty good looking at Cleveland to now where there's some concern, you know, over the next couple of weeks of the conference schedule, uh, it would be a massive collapse for this program to not make Cleveland after what they went through um, by far the best women's program in the state of Michigan this year, Central and in the Eastern Central. I can't believe that last in a conference. You just don't see that. Yeah. Uh, but Western, you know, they they now have some work to do going 0-3. I mean, you know, that that loss to Miami, like you said, and then that loss to Akron, just not good. Um, Got to kind of wonder where they're headed. Yeah, certainly. And, and you know, I think – I, I, I don't want to, you know, speculate here, but I, I feel almost as if, you know, we t- I talked about Central Michigan on the men's side of things, how they're they're such a veteran-laden team, so many seniors, and I almost I feel as if it's it's the opposite case here with Western Michigan, where you have your two best players on this team, Lauren Ross and, and Taylor Williams, uh, both sophomores, right? Lauren Ross averaging eighteen and a half a game, Taylor Williams giving you almost a double double, eleven point two points, eight point seven rebounds a game. She's the leading uh, rebounder in, in the in the MAC in, in women's basketball Uh, but again both of them are sophomores and so they went through a season last year but it was an abnormal season odd season all the covid pauses everything else going on no fans in the stands and it seems like the length of the season might be catching up to them a little bit here but i I think with that said while that might not bode well for the, the the broncos this season having your top two players like that leading the team that are sophomores i still think the future is bright for this program i like what you know i like what they've been doing uh it's just going to be a matter of putting it all together we'll see I don't know. I mean, similar to, to ball state, you know, a a big, uh, a big stretch here for Western Michigan coming up uh, this week. You know, they got a game against Ohio. If Ohio can emerge from their COVID pause, but they got, you know, Ohio Bowling Green, Northern Illinois, and then two games against ball state. So we'll see if the Broncos can pick up a couple of wins there. And uh, you know, Vansy, one, one last team I wanted to touch on here uh, in terms of, of the the week uh, in review We've, you know, Kent State, we've talked about Kent State, right? They had that incredible run in the non-conference season. And then, you know, even just last week, I remember talking about the Golden Flashes and saying, like, listen, you got, it's it's time to turn it on, Kent State. There's only so much time left in the season. And, you know, I don't know if they, they must have heard me talking or something, because all of a sudden, uh, the, the Flashes have won four in a row. They're sitting at six and six in the conference. They have worked themselves back into a position where they can make the conference tournament. You know, I think last week when we were here, I think, I believe they were sitting in, in ninth. So they were just outside of, of the conference tournament picture. They've moved up to seventh now. Like I said, six and six overall. They still have that incredible performance uh, from the non 
non-conference season when they knocked off Penn State and UCLA, 14-7, and 6-6 six and six in the MAC. And, you know, similar to what we were saying, Vanzi, about, you know, Buffalo, where on the men's side, like if they can get everything clicking, that's not a team I'd want to play uh, despite, no matter what their seed is, that's not a team that I want to play when when uh, we get to Cleveland. Well, same thing here with Kent State. This is not a team I'd want to play if they're, you know, let's say they sneak into to Cleveland as, you know, a six seed or a seven seed. You know, if I'm, if I'm Buffalo or Ohio or whoever the case may be playing them in the first round, that's a matchup that scares me. Well, what's interesting is that both Kent State programs, men's and women's, are now rounding into form and are, are playing some of their better basketball on the season. Kind of interesting uh, to note that. But, yeah, I think when you look at it, I'm, you know, they're a team that if they – we've said it before – if they can find who they were in a non-conference schedule, they, they are going to be a very dangerous team. And I think when you look at Toledo and you look at some of the top teams in the women's side of things here uh, for Mac basketball or Max basketball, uh, it just doesn't, none of those teams scare you the way that the men's Toledo team does, you know, and then the best player plays for Buffalo dash affair. And, and other than that, it, you know, it really feels very close and Kent state, if they get hot and they play like they did, in a non-conference schedule, who's to say they can't win the conference tournament? Who's to say that they can't be a tournament team? Um, definitely one to watch going forward. And also, Ohio right now, they got that COVID pause that you mentioned. That's going to make it very tough for them because they're yeah. going to have to make up games. They're going to lose practice time. If anyone has any residual effects from you know a potential COVID virus, um, which we definitely hope not, that could you know really make some things tough when you're trying to condense games and you're trying to get geared up for a tournament and, and playing all these games you know so close together. So that's something to watch um, there with Ohio and they're standing in a conference. So Kent State right now, they got a chance to continue to make some moves. Yeah, totally agree. And you know the thing when I look at Kent State's roster and when I watch them play, I think the thing about Kent State that stands out to me, where I think they still have a chance here, is they are such a a balanced team. You know, we talked about the Kent State men's team with where you know Sincere Carey is really the guy that drives everything on offense. When you look at this Kent State team, their leading scorer Lindsey Thaw, she's only giving you twelve points a game, but that doesn't matter because you have four other players uh, averaging double figures. I mean, you're you're basically your entire starting five for Kent State averages ten points a game or more. You got uh, Nila Blackford, who I have to correct myself here. I said a moment ago, Lauren Williams from Western Michigan was the reading, leading rebounder in Mac women's basketball. I, I, I slighted Nila Blackford there. She's giving you 9.6 rebounds a game, 11.7 points a game, basically a double-double. So I think that balance is something that uh, really gives the, the flashes an advantage where, you know, you got other teams on the other side of the fence, like, you know, Diasha Fair really has to almost do everything for, for Buffalo. Uh, I, I really think that the, the, the depth of the golden flashes is going to be an advantage for them. And, uh, you know, similar to, you know, we talked about Western Michigan and Ball State, uh, some, some, some interesting games coming up here for the flashes. In fact, on Saturday, uh, the two hottest teams in the conference, you got, you got Ball State traveling to Kent State to take on uh, the flashes. So that'll be an interesting matchup there. And that's a, a perfect segue here, Vanzi. Let's take a look at the week ahead here in women's hoops. Um, I, I, I kind of gave myself away there. Big game for me. The game I'm really keeping my eyes on is uh, Ball State and Kent on Saturday. Like I said, two hottest teams in the conference. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see what, uh, what that, the result there gives us. What do you think, Vanzi? What do you got circled on your calendar for this week on the women's side of things? Well, when you said Ball State, it kind of scared me because I have Ball State at Toledo. Mm. Um, 
you know, so that uh, that to me, well, I guess I guess I could actually be technically next week. Looks like, but um, like the week after. But anyway, I, I would go Ball State Toledo. Um, you know, and, and there just doesn't seem to be a lot of heavy hitting matchups this week. You know, you have some uh, Toledo at Ohio. You know, if that COVID pause is off, but I'm not confident about that. Um, you know, and then Eastern Michigan on Saturday at Central Michigan battle for last place in the conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, you know, I I'm, I have my eyes on Western Michigan this week. I want to see if the Broncos can bounce back. I mean, you got they're they're supposed to play Ohio on Saturday. We'll see if Ohio is able to come out of the COVID pause or not. But after that, I mean. You got a couple, uh, you know, got a, got a very winnable game on Wednesday against Bowling Green, and I think it's that point right now with with Western Michigan. You just need to kind of stop the bleeding a little bit and uh, get things back on track uh, for the Broncos up in Kalamazoo. So we'll see what the Broncos are able to do this week, and we'll see where what uh, position they find themselves in next Friday when we come back here. Vansy, before I let you go, before we close up the show here, Obviously, it's it's Super Bowl week. I know last week you picked uh, you picked your boy Stafford and and the Rams to make it. You were right about that. What do you think, Stafford versus Burrow, Rams versus Bengals? How do you see the the Super Bowl playing out on Sunday? Well, the Bengals are within the MAC landscape, right? You know, That's Joe right, Burrow, yeah. his dad was Ohio offensive coordinator, all that, you know, and and I'm doing the Lee Corso not so fast. Forget about it, bit. Because I think the, I think the Rams are going to take it. Yeah, you know it's my my even even as a Steelers fan, I really like this Bengals team, and I man, I don't know something about Joe Burrow. It's hard to pick against him. My my, but I, I guess what I, what I, what I would say though, my my heart says Bengals, my head says Rams. I just think the the Rams, you know. One thing about the Bengals, I think that their offensive line is not good. I have a feeling Burrow is going to be, you know, he's going to be on his wallet quite a bit on Saturday or on Sunday, excuse me. I don't think the, the, the um, Bengals offensive line is going to have any answer for Aaron Donald or Vaughn Miller or any of those guys. So we'll see. I don't know. If, if the Bengals can keep Joe Burrow upright, I think they got a shot. But I'm with you. I think I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to check ourselves in, uh, in our predictions next week when we're back here. But anyway, that'll wrap it up for us this week, folks. Episode 83 of The Bandwagon. Thank you stop, for stopping by, as always. I am Zach Folidor, signing off for myself and my partner in crime, Zach Van Uenzi. Thanks for stopping by and lending us your ears this week, folks. We'll talk to you again next Friday.